Morning. My name is David Soren. I am the lead pastor here at Renovation Church. Um, morning to you. You know, I know uh, many of you this morning that are listening are anxious to hear me talk about our timeline for our building opening up. Uh, but before I do that, I want to start by pointing us to God's Word. Uh, we are going to be in Mark chapter 10 uh, this morning, so grab a Bible. Uh, if you don't have a Bible right by you, you of course can use uh, the Renovation Church app. You just tap on Bible and weekly verses, and I'll be there for you. Just uh, for context's sake, what's happening in Mark chapter 10 in the passage we're about to join is uh, two of Jesus' disciples have just asked if they can sit on his left and on his right in his kingdom. In other words, they want to be in the two most prominent places that they can be, at the left and the right of Jesus' throne in his kingdom. It's, it's a legit, serious ask, right? And so Jesus begins to explain to them that they don't really understand what it means to be great. They're thinking that greatness must be defined by when everyone's looking at you, when everyone's serving you, when everyone's doing what you want. And then if you read through Mark 10, Jesus tells them that they think that greatness must be like the Gentiles around them, the non-Jews, define greatness. And he says the Gentiles in their culture were defining greatness by lording it over other people with their authority. And so Jesus' disciples apparently think that if they're going to be great, they have to prove that they're great by getting people to serve them. And Jesus is going to teach them here that they don't really understand what it means to be great and to strive for greatness. So let's join the passage, Mark chapter 10, of verse 43. Here's what it says. Jesus says to the disciples, so you can read this to yourself because you are a disciple of Jesus. It says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the son of man, that's a, a title for Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So look at verse 43 again. It says, not so with you. Four really powerful words for the Christian, for the follower of Jesus. He's saying everybody else in the culture, when they look at the world, they're obsessed with fame and power. Jesus says, not so with you. Everybody else is just obsessed with gaining influence for themselves. The people of the world want to define greatness by the number of people who obey them or listen to them or follow them. Not so with you. Saying you, if you're going to be a follower of him, a follower of the king, if you want to become great, you must become a servant. Your life must be about others, not about you. And I would just ask you, is that you? Do you look like Jesus here? Are you a servant? Is your life defined by that? Church, I would say that we... As Renovation Church, as a body of Christ, we need to live this out right now. We must live not just to please ourselves or to live comfortably ourselves, but we must live to serve other people. You know, many of you know that we are coming to a very important and critical juncture in our church's story. As you know, we've been doing online services now for a little over a month. We, our first online service this winter was December 6th. And we've been doing that due to the combined factors of not being uh, able to meet at North Point Elementary anymore and the fact that our uh, building uh, wasn't and isn't 
completed. And I want to update you on where we are in that process. So our worship center in the building is not quite finished. However, our children's wing and our office wing are now finished, so much so that the city of Blaine has given us occupancy for those two wings of the building. And so our staff has been allowed to move into our offices, which is amazing, as our lease is up at our old church offices. And believe it or not, we are actually filming this service live right now in the children's wing of our building, which is pretty amazing. Uh, You know, we are filming right now against just a plain wall, and I want to let you know that I chose to do this on purpose. So many of you, most of you, have sacrificed so much to get us here over the last six years that there are plenty of beautiful spots to film in this building, but I just thought, you know what, I just want you to be able to come to this building and just see it and experience it with your own eyes rather than, us, rather than you having to watch it live online first. I want you to just come and experience it. So as far as construction goes, they are finishing just a few things up in our worship center. There's a few AV things to do still, some lights to hang, that sort of thing. There's some trim around the stage that needs to be finished up. There's a decent amount of kind of final cleaning that has to be done. But we believe that construction uh, will be basically finished in the next week or two. And although construction will be finished and our building will, will, will be ready, we, as a church body, are not ready. Honestly, if we were to open up in a week or two, I think we would probably have to turn away almost 100 people at the door, simply because we right now, as a church, as a renovation church, we have a massive volunteer shortage due to people temporarily stepping off our volunteer teams this fall due to, of course, COVID. Now, That is totally understandable, right? Given what we've all faced this past year. And it's also fixable, but we're gonna need a little time to fix it. And here's why it's so important that we fix it. When we open up this beautiful building, people are absolutely gonna come. In fact, a lot of people are gonna come. And that, combined with the fact that we're going to have to do probably at least three services for a little while because of the requirements of social distancing, we're going to need the majority of you, I dare say even the vast majority of you, to come back and serve with us if we're going to pull this off and actually launch and open this building. And so here's our plan. Our plan is to open this building by doing a special building dedication Sunday. So we're going to dedicate this building to God, and we're planning to open on Sunday, February 7th. And so what we're going to do is that means after today, we'll have just three more online services on the Sunday. Sunday, that'll be the 17th, 24th, and 31st. And then we will open up this building for services, in-person services on Sunday of February 7th. So I believe those three Sundays of online services are going to give our leaders enough time to allow you as a volunteer to go in, block out dates, do schedules, kind of get our systems ready, and also allow us to finish construction, uh, clean in here, have everything ready so we can launch on the 7th. Quick note, I know a ton of you are going to ask me this question in the coming week, coming weeks. What happens if we don't get enough volunteers coming back? Uh, I think we have about seven or 10 days to get 
uh, the quota that we need, enough volunteers to open this place, because it just takes time. It takes time for people, if you're familiar with Planning Center, where our volunteers go in, it takes time to block out dates and do schedules. If we don't get enough volunteers in the next seven to 10 days, what we'll do is we'll actually push back the opening of this building, whether that's two weeks or a month, because here's the deal. I am absolutely not going to open this building if there's a scenario in which we would open and we'd be turning away people at the door simply because we don't have enough volunteers to teach their kids or whatever it may be. And so we're going to wait until we have enough. But I believe that church that we can do this. And so we're aiming at just a few weeks from now at February 7th. Okay, there's a lot you can do in the coming weeks to help us. Uh, For instance, I'm going to be sending an email probably in the next coming week or so We need a ton of help with a lot of things. In fact, uh, our chairs came and we unloaded them off the truck. Many of you helped with that things. Uh, Each of our 500 or so chairs are individually wrapped in plastic. (laughs) So we actually have to unwrap all of them. It's a massive project. We're going to move them into the worship center once that gets completed. We need help from people to come and set up, assemble a kids' chairs, kids' tables. There's a lot of things that we need help with. But the biggest thing that you can do to help is to re-sign up to serve on Sunday mornings. Uh, When you come back and we start doing in-person services again, yes, of course, we will still be uh, social distancing. We'll still be wearing masks and all of that. We want to create a safe environment. And of course, we're going to have a brand new ventilation system (laughs) in a brand new building. However, I understand that there are a percentage of you listening to this that are not yet comfortable coming back to an in-person service, and you're just going to continue to watch online probably till you're vaccinated in the next few months. And I want you to know that that is okay, and you are still a valuable member of our church, and we love you, I miss you, and I know the time is short until we will see you again. It's probably just a couple of months, and that is okay. We love you. But I also know, based on what I'm hearing from you, from our leaders, from others, I know that the vast majority of you are absolutely planning on coming in person when we open this up. And I would just say to you, if you're coming, if you're going to be there, then serve with us. We need you. Rejoin your serving team. Okay, let's start looking back to this passage a little bit more because I'm going to draw some more out of there. So I'm going to jump back in at verse 44 of Mark chapter 10. It's just a short verse. Jesus says, and whoever wants to be first, you want greatness in your life, what does he say? must be slave of all. This is an intense verse. In fact, I feel like it's a verse that a lot of people, when they read through or when they teach through, they even skip over it because of the intensity of that strong word Jesus uses of slave of all. And yet, is God not our master? He is. And in serving him, we are to be slave of all. He's saying that our lives, our whole lives, are meant to live out the master's will. But he is a good master. You know, I think this kind of biblical teaching is important because it stands in stark contrast to the sort of consumeristic view that many of us as American Christians have taken towards Christianity or towards the church. There are many American Christians nowadays that purely attend church solely for their own benefit. And they even seek out churches that will most benefit them. But following Jesus isn't about figuring out how he can make your life great. That's actually the exact opposite of this passage. Following Jesus is about service. And the longer that you follow Jesus, the more that you're going to figure out that the way that you actually spiritually grow is when you serve others, when you lead others, when you teach others. When you're doing it just to consume, 
you're not actually going to get the growth that you're looking for in the first place. And so I'm asking you, from God's word, from the description of a Christ follower in Mark chapter 10, I'm asking you to serve the people of this church. And not just the people of this church, but to serve the many, 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 many people that are going to be coming to hear about Jesus in this church. We need you. We need you now more than ever. We can't do this without you, literally. You know, there are 30,000 cars now that drive by this building every day. People are talking about it. They're asking us every day, when's it going to open? When's it going to open? When's it going to open? They're going to come, and we need you. You. We can't do it without you. For many of you that have served with us in the past, and uh, maybe you've just kind of been on break for a little while with everything going on, uh, this week, your ministry leader is going to reach out to you uh, through email, and they're going to ask, are you coming back when we open up the service? Will you be there attending in person? And I encourage you to respond to them. If you've never served before, we need you too. You can make a big difference. You can sign up to serve. If, you've never, if, if you have served before, you can respond to your ministry leader. If you've never served before, you can sign up to serve. You just go to our app, tap connect, sign up to serve. Or you can go to the website and go to our serve page. I, if you want, you can even pause this video right now and do that. Again, if you're not comfortable with attending in-person services quite yet, and you're gonna do that maybe in a few months when, when you get vaccinated, I I want you to know that I completely respect your decision and that's okay. But if you're coming, if you're gonna be here on the premises, then serve with us. It's what we do as followers of Jesus, as his disciples. As we say often, we are the anti-consumerism church. You know, we're in this position that we're in to open up this great and beautiful building because of the servant and sacrificial hearts of the people of this church. And so we dare not transform into consumers now. Like this place is getting bigger, but don't you dare think that we're turning this place into a cruise ship. It's a rowboat. And we need you now more than ever to pick up an oar. You know, we know a lot of people are gonna come and we know we gotta do a lot of services So that means we've got to fill a lot of slots. And by a lot, I mean a lot. Just to give you an example, uh, we need 15 more people to sign up to serve or more likely return to our greeting team. In fact, we need 33 people to sign up to be a part of our cleaning team as we do a great job cleaning, making this place safe in between services and after services. And most significantly... I don't know if you know this or not, but the number of people volunteering in our kids' ministry has literally been cut in half since COVID started. That number is so significant that we simply cannot open up all of our kids' classrooms for three services while missing 50% of our renovation kids' volunteers. It just literally is not possible. Now, if we thought that everyone was still going to stay home and we were in the midst of some massive surge, I would never ask you to be do this, to do this. But because I'm hearing that almost all of you are coming, if you're coming, serve with us. It's what we do. In fact, one of the things I want you to think about, you know, as you think about our church set of opening up, I want you to see it through a particular lens. I want you to think of us almost like a church plant. 
You know, we've started five churches out of Renovation Church, and many of you have been around in the last couple of years as we started Pursuit Community Church in Mountains View or Transform Church in Andover. And you may have noticed that each time we did that, we sent a lot of our people out to start those churches. We put 20 people on the stage, and we prayed for them and sent them out to be on the launch team of those churches. Those people are heroes in my mind. But those people, when they left our stage and they went to join that church and they joined the launch team, they were all in to get that church up and off the ground. Because when a church plant begins, there are not a lot of committed Christians around. And so many of those launch team members, they serve at that church plant every single week for nine to 12 months. And so in the coming days, your ministry leader is going to reach out to you, for those of you who have served in the past, and they're going to ask you, are you, are you going to be there? And if you are, are you willing to come back and serve with us? change the world with us. And if you are, how often are you willing to do it? And I want to challenge some of you to say to them, hey, for the next few months, because I want to get this thing off the ground, I will double what I'm doing. Some of you can say that. If you're serving once a month, say, I'm going to do twice a month. If you're serving twice a month, say, you know what, for these just few months to get Renovation Church off the ground, I will serve every week because I know it's significant. What I'm doing is significant and I will be there every week. You know, we're sort of in this unique challenge where we're still in the midst of COVID, and yet a ton of people are going to come, and so it creates a unique challenge. Like, think of our worship center. Our worship center can fit almost 500 chairs, but with social distancing, with six feet in between every row, with six feet in between every household, mathematically, we figured out we can only fit 145 adults in that room, which means that we're going to have a number of services for a while. We need you. You know, you can serve in other ways as well. We've talked a lot over the last few months about our Harvest Building Fund, which is ending really soon here. I think we've got like six weeks left. It ends at the end of February. Uh, I've had a number of people asking me over the last month, like, where are we? Like, where are we exactly? And I, and I want to let you know that. Uh, so far, right now, as we're coming to the end, we are currently... $33,000 short of where the bank wants us to be. Now, in trying to, I think we had commitments of like 1.6 million we were trying to, we told the bank we would hit. So 33,000 is not a massive number. It's not like we're $300,000 short, but we're $33,000 short of what the bank wants us to have at, that, at this point, and that is significant. And if you're listening to this and you are able the Lord has blessed you in such a way that you are able to help us close that critical gap. Would you please get in touch with me this week? I know there are a few of you listening that the Lord has blessed you in such a way that you can do that. That would just be such a critical blessing to our church to just close this project in balance as we come to the end. If you don't have the means to help with that gap, you do have the voice to pray about it. And I'm asking all of you, as you go to the Lord this week, that you would bring that request to the Lord, that you say, Lord, our church right now is short $33,000. Lord, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Would you help us with this? And let's just go to the Lord. And I, the Lord can do this. I know that he can. So let's all go to him in prayer this week on it. Now, I want you to just look at verse 45 with me. It's the last verse. Jesus says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So think about this. Even Jesus, the king of kings, didn't come to be served. And listen, if anyone ever on earth could have come down and said, hey, you know what, I, you guys need to serve me. Wasn't it Jesus, right? He was worthy of it. And yet he lived to serve. Now think about this. Christians, 
What do we say? We say, our goal is to be like Jesus. I want to imitate Jesus. I want to walk in my life like Jesus. But can you imagine Jesus Christ coming to a weekend worship service and saying, you know what? I just, I think I just want to be here for me. It's been kind of a tough year. And so I just want to take this in for me. You can't even imagine it. Because Jesus lived to serve. That is who we imitate in our walk. His whole life is about service. His death is about service. The main purpose of his life, he just said, was to give his life as a ransom. Because you were deserving of death. You were deserving of hell. You were deserving of eternal punishment. And Jesus Christ came and offered his holy and perfect life up on the table as a ransom, as payment for you. He literally had his life poured out in sacrificial service for you. And church, listen, if we're going to reflect him, if we're going to announce to this community, here we are. We are followers of Christ. We want you to know about the awesome love and passion of Jesus for you. If we're going to do that, then we got to look like him. It's time for us to look like him. This community needs us. I was driving here this morning through my neighborhood and was once again hit that in this city, you can do this, you can drive through your neighborhood and I want you to count the houses. Three out of every four houses in this city is full of people that don't know Jesus. They are destined for an eternity without him. And we can let them know. And God is going to use this church in the next few months, in the next few years, to let so many people know. Be a part of it with us. Don't just come and watch. Reflect Jesus. Be a part of it with us and change the world with Jesus Christ. Let me pray. Lord, we pray for a couple of miracles in our church this week, Jesus. We pray for the miracle of the 33,000. Lord, that you would make that up as we come to the end of this project. And Lord, we pray for this miracle of volunteers as we are short. We know people are coming to hear the gospel. We know we got to get ready. But God, we don't have enough people right now. Lord, I pray we would be blown away by what you collectively do in our hearts this week. God, may we see your miraculous power in front of our own eyes this week. We ask that in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.